Hello and welcome to another episode of the Healthy Obsession Podcast. We are in a post-tournament afterglow where nothing of much interest happened this week, so we just kind of catch up and be good friends, right? Yep, that's about it. I don't remember what happens post-tournament arc in anime, so I, I don't know what we were supposed to talk about this week. <laughs> so it's a little shoot the shit, it's a little philosophy. Uh, hopefully you enjoy it. the next arc in any anime after the tournament arc the villain appears uh man you would know better than i do who's, i feel who's like our that, villain <laughs> that, that's a pretty shonen thing and you don't know i, I don't i don't watch that shit uh but <laughs> sure the villain arc who's our villain um i don't know a better podcast <laughs> uh, probably uh just the healthy obsession podcast the the a healthy obsession podcast oh right? yeah, this the soccer one yeah they're our villain they don't even know it what's the over under on how long we go like what on this episode or yeah like, like time infinitum this this episode oh I mean I mean hopefully just the hour right bro I bet if we get to forty five minutes that's an accomplishment <laughs> look. If if anything has been proven to us time and time again, it's that we have far more to say than we ever anticipate. That is true. So that being said, I sent you that trailer for that new Saw movie, yeah? Yeah, Spiral. I, I'm so in love with this trailer. Like, I, I can't say it's going to be an amazing horror movie, or honestly, it looks more like a thriller than a horror movie, and certainly not a traditional Saw movie. But... Uh, comedians doing anything other than comedy is so consistently exciting for me, especially specifically when they transition to horror. Um, and I guess uh, transition isn't necessarily the right word, but uh, recent examples, for instance, being Jordan Peele uh, writing and directing mm. uh, Get Out and Us, both phenomenal movies uh, and a career turn that you might not have necessarily expected from Jordan Peele after doing Key and Peele for years. Yeah, all that skit comedy. Yeah, and then John Krasinski doing the same thing with A Quiet Place, uh, doing a phenomenal job in the movie, and as well as, I, I want to say he wrote that, but I don't have the credits at hand. I don't know. And now here we've got Chris Rock, executive producing and being the lead role in a fucking Saw movie in 2021. Yeah, that I, I think... To to your point, no idea if that'll be good or not, but that was a pretty awesome trailer. Yeah, I I have hopes now that I have seen the trailer. Ah, uh, see, you you're you're you can't let the trailer, uh, influence what you think the movie will be. Because if anything is, if I've learned anything from movie trailers, it's they don't ever really tell you if the movie's gonna be good or bad. <laughs> yeah, it is an art to be able to cut a good trailer. Uh, but as I've said before, I'm a little hype machine, so I'm going to eat up all that shit because I just like to be excited about things. Hey, that's a good thing. Well, it can be. I mean, you know, I was excited for cyberpunk and look how that ended up. (laughs) But hey, at least if the Saw movie is bad, it's only going to be two hours of disappointment instead of like 40. Yikes. Yeah. I see. I still haven't even been able to play it because... My graphics card, so, well, my graphics card being as poop as it is, and then the game just looking as shit as it did when it came out, um, 
added together for it just not looking remotely like something I wanted to play. Um, <laughs> so one day, once I can snag in a new graphics card, I will finally play it. And by then, who knows? It might be decent. Yeah, I mean, they're never going to fix the worst parts about the game. Uh, only to say that, like, if there are things that are just inherent to the design that don't appeal, they're not going to change any of that. They're just going to fix up what's there. But that was always a danger for me, because uh, RPGs are just hard for me, generally. I know I like it, because from what I heard, like, the the overall, like, some of the bigger issues were just more the graphics, and then there were some story plot elements of it that weren't as great but um i thought they i i i thought i heard decent stuff decent enough stuff about like the gameplay and the overall story arc it was just some of like the fine detail points that if you compare it to like gta didn't match up yeah i mean having played it uh a decent amount uh primarily a mouse and keyboard i was not at all a fan of the way the gunplay worked mm. uh, but that specifically was something I was worried about for CD Projekt going from The Witcher to a first person shooter and like it wasn't the worst thing I've ever played but I would say for me it felt even a step lower than Fallout. Was it worse than GTA's gunplay? Uh, I can't really say because GTA has that specific lock on style so I don't really think about gunplay in GTA and Fair. I don't play GTA in first person, so I, I don't know. I just, even with the lock-on, I hate GTA's gunplay. Oh, it, <laughs> it's so annoying. It just, I'm, I'm just not a fan. Just, I'll, I'll, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but, the guns basically aim themselves, though, so I don't think about it. True, true. But speaking of playing stuff, you know what? We've been, well, me specifically, and you some, too, have been playing a boatload of recently, is fucking Apex. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I've fallen off a little bit recently because I've been playing other stuff and also out of the house, but yeah. Boy, I wish I would fall off a little bit because I, I think I've gotten to the point now where I no longer play for fun. I play to win, and that oh, just no, fries your brain. Once you play to win, then you, you're, you're that much closer to having a gamer moment. Oh, I have been having a lot of, not like bad gamer moments but uh hayden in middle school gamer moments and i'm like ah yikes yeah oh no but um still love it it's just so addicting that i wish i could just calm down and not get pissed off at a video game but i uh the day that happens is the day i reach enlightenment so (laughs) (laughs) who knows on that one but i'm really excited for the the event they're doing, I, that starts this week, where they're adding a bunch of new game types to uh, test out some things. They've done this in the past where they'll they'll introduce things in a limited time mode or uh, I can't remember. There's a certain other different type where it's like it's it's not an optional game mode. It's like it's just what the game mode is. They call it something else. But it'll be interesting to see if any of the new game, any mechanic that they're adding in these new game modes will stick. Because that's how, that's how we got Evo Shields brought into the game. That's how we got uh, uh, Mobile Respawn Beacons brought in. I'm really interested to see uh, if being able to respawn, getting one free respawn 
stays or gets uh, incorporated in any way. Yeah, and I liked the uh, the last event they did with all the ring flares around. I thought that was a, a good addition to the flow of the game. Yeah, they got apparently a lot of they got a lot of feedback on that. Most of it, I think, is was it Maggie, who everyone yeah. on the subreddit just hates. She's Which back I, for this. I don't understand. I don't understand what everyone's deal was with her. The Apex community just wants something to bitch about. But I mean, she's like she's I mean, back. I, I don't want to say for sure, but. Like, I, you know, I played pretty much that whole event, so I was exposed to as much Mad Maggie as anyone else, and I thought she was charming and about as intrusive as the normal announcer, and everyone was getting real pissed off at her, and I can't help but feel like it's vaguely misogynistic. Oh, because it's an actual woman, not a computer woman voice? Yeah, because I I don't don't see anything about the character that was overtly annoying. If anything, like, she was antagonistic to the player, and that was kind of the point of the character. But I feel like if, like, you know, if we went to Borderlands and they they, they had, let's say, Handsome Jack as an announcer, he would have been doing the exact same thing, and people love Handsome Jack. Yeah, very true. And it's not like Maggie had a particularly annoying voice. Like, she was just a woman with an Australian accent. So, I, I'm legitimately baffled at what people had such a problem with. Yeah. I think it's really cool that she's coming back for this event, mostly because it, it's playing on the story of the season, which I think we've touched on previously, about how well Respawn has done at, or how well Respawn has been at incorporating a story through their seasons of content for a battle royale. I think i mean fortnite does that as well uh i don't know if warzone does but um i think i don't play enough fortnite to know the overarching story between seasons there but it's really cool to see games that you wouldn't think of have have story in them in them so like because apparently like to tie it in the the whole the the ring flare event was maggie going hey turn fuse over to me or i'm gonna keep fucking with you and spoiler because you didn't really have a choice but they didn't turn her over or turn fuse over so now she's taking over the games again and that's why there's the different variants because she's fucking with the rules that's outside of the legends hands which is kind of cool if you know the finer details but for most people they won't give a shit they're just gonna keep playing yeah that's me i don't care wow i i haven't played apex enough that it, it it's not uh it's not a big enough deal for me to get invested in the story at this point. So I'm just along for the ride. Well that's the other thing though, is that with the story, it's usually just the season. So there's no overarching stuff. Like if you're playing during a season, they'll tell you a story to get to know some of the legends a little better, some of their backstories a little better. But I'll be really interested to see because I I don't think it's confirmed, but it's everyone that I've been seeing that does some so the consensus that I've seen is that Ash is going to be the next legend. So we're going to get our first official Titanfall crossover. Um I'm I'm hoping that they and with uh watching some YouTubers uh some content creators, I I think there's a good chance they might add like a deathmatch mode at some point so people can basically just bring Titanfall into Apex. Hmm. Or like a playground uh 
deathmatch mode, I think would be a decent thing to let you get used to using abilities and better get use of guns. But I don't really know how that would play given uh, Apex's how Apex is as a whole. Adding a deathmatch game type seems kind of weird. Yeah, that'd be like doing a reverse Call of Duty. Where, yeah. like, uh, instead of Call of Duty and then doing Warzone, they do Apex and then bring in Titanfall. Yeah, and I'll be, I'm very interested to see the extent the Titanfall stuff gets brought in, because, well, hell, we got two weeks until the end of the season, so this is usually around when we'll get a Legend reveal. That will probably come this week, I would think. And then next week, we'll get the season preview because i don't think we're getting a new map but uh i think olympus is due to get to get tweaked because it hasn't been tweaked yet since release of that map um but bring bre- bring back world's edge please i miss it i want to play on it favorite map similarly i i weep for the loss of an experience of playing overwatch <laughs> oh yeah yeah, I mean, like, uh, Overwatch seems to have lost some popularity recently, and part of that could be attributed to the sequel being announced. But it, it, th- this is just kind of a larger thing about growing up and having a job, and all of my friends having a job, right? But I, I don't think I've ever been able to play something like Overwatch, or very rarely Valorant, and have, like, a whole team for. Uh, uh, and Apex is kind of scratching that itch. But I'm not the biggest fan of the battle royale genre in the first place. Yeah. So I, I do I wish that, that I, I could have played more Overwatch. And and that's just to say that like I was more invested in those characters and I was able to watch the story from the ground up. And uh, I just I, I liked Overwatch's gameplay and style. And to an extent, Apex is an extension an extension of that. Uh but I just wish that I had more of an opportunity to play games like that on a larger scale. Man, if I thought I had was having some mild gamer moments in Apex, don't don't bring back the Vietnam flashbacks of Overwatch. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, our friend Gunnar would always be like, oh, let's play Overwatch. And I'm like, no, I'm done. I can't. I can't. I will. My head will explode if I try and play more Overwatch. And that's also kind of part of the problem is like every group of people that I could have had enough people to play Overwatch with, there was at least one person that I specifically did not want to play Overwatch with because they were going to be like that constantly. Like if it was me, you can say it because I completely understand because I, by the end of the time of me playing Overwatch, I was just like, I don't want to play because I can't be fun to play with. Well, I don't know, I don't know that we ever played Overwatch together at all. I think we I, did some. I, I want to say the time that I was playing Overwatch, we weren't really hanging out because that was like middle of college stuff. Okay, because I know I played a good amount with, I think Jackson, Gunner, and Andre and James. So, I think even Nathan some. But I that that would have been Jesus because I had played when it came out, and then I don't think any of anyone else played it for a while in our group. And then I and then for somehow we started playing it again. I was like, oh god, same old shit. But uh, it'll be interesting, especially with Overwatch. It'll be interesting to see how much Overwatch Two changes things because I feel like that's the main reason it's fallen out is because it's the same game. It's the same gameplay loop. It's just they've added a cup. They've added more. What are they called? Champions characters. I don't know what they're called Overwatch and then a couple and new maps but but that's it 
and some seasonal variants, but the overall main like competitive gameplay loop hasn't changed. And I feel like that uh, can only go so far, but then I say that and then there's Counter-Strike that's been going forever and League and Dota. So I don't know. I, what, what the hell do I know? <laughs> yeah. But on that note, uh, you know, since I, I can't play like the big multiplayer games anymore, uh, Apex works better because it's only a three-man thing, and that's easy to get a hold of. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So in the, in the meantime, I, I actually I restarted playing Breath of the Wild. Oh, yes. Was, I've, uh, I've, you've been talking about that. Not something I ever thought I would be able to do. Go Go back and play it, or... Yeah, I mean, specifically start from the beginning. Oh, okay, okay. Because the, the issue I had was when I played it initially, and I played it at launch, which meant I was taking my Switch to classes in college and playing it there and at the radio station and in the commons. Uh, and I played the shit out of that game. But then I, I got to the point where I was doing, like, some end-game collectible stuff before finishing the game, and then I just never did. I just kind of wow. fell off and never finished the game. And then I never went back to the game. And it's been like three years. And every time I thought about going back to the game, it was like, I mean, I'm already at the end, so I feel like I'm not going to be able to play that well. So I would like to restart from the beginning and also get the full effect of the story as I'm playing the game. But that would have been like 100 hours of gameplay that I have to redo. But then I, I found out about um, emulation on the PC to make the game look and run a little bit better. And I thought maybe that'd be the opportunity to do so. And, uh, so I did that, and here I am 70 hours later, and I'm pretty much right back where I was when I stopped playing the game. Well, you have to finish it this time. Don't you dare stop now. <laughs> yeah. It's nice that, uh, I, I am able to do the DLCs now, which was something that I didn't touch because I never finished the game. So I, I have done one of the two DLCs at this point, and just every step of the way, I am reminded how much I did actually love that game, which just makes me kick myself more for not completing it initially. So, are those D- are those DLCs like during the game or are they post game? Uh, so from what I've read, uh, Breath of the Wild does the thing where if you finish the game, then your save reverts to before you beat the final boss. Okay. So it's I think the DLCs are built as post game content, but canonically they would happen before you fight Ganon. Okay. Okay. Because uh, I'm not sure what the Trials of the Sword gets you, because that's one I haven't done yet. But the Champion's Ballad DLC basically gives you a replacement for your horse because they give you a fucking motorcycle. Oh, okay. Wait, wait, what? What? Wait, huh? What? They yeah, give you a it's motorcycle? A, it's a real motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> because the, the canon of this version of Zelda is the Sheikah are now uh, an ancient but highly advanced civilization. So there's remnants of actual technology around the world. Uh, and so the Champion's Ballad, uh, in you as a player and Link learning more about the champions, uh, and they control the divine beasts in the world. Uh, essentially, at the end of the DLC, you get your own divine beast, except instead of being a giant laser-shooting animal, you get a, a, a motorcycle that vaguely resembles a horse. What the hell? Yeah. Oh no. That I. I mean, I'll need to see some pictures of that because my what I'm seeing in my head is kind of just like against the Geneva Convention. <laughs> so that's been a lot of fun, and and I kind of hope that 
uh, it, it will embolden me to go back to other games like maybe Persona or Nier. Man, Persona but, is a fucking ride, dude. That's just, you better lock in for 300 hours. Yeah, and I think I'm already like 300 hours in, so that might not be one that I start from the beginning. Uh, But what is heartening is, especially with a game like Nier, where there's like, th- uh, and Nier Automata specifically, there's at least three different campaigns, I want to say, where each one is basically the same story, but told from a different character's perspective. So I did the first campaign, and then kind of fell off near the beginning of the second. And my worry has always been that I would forget so much about the story that I have lost what could have been impactful by jumping in in the middle of something else, which is why I would want to restart. But then, of course, these are all RPGs and have a bunch of side quests that I'd want to do, and that all feeds into your overall experience of the game and the story, and I still want to do that. But as the years go on, I haven't forgotten about Nier. And I might have lost some finer points of the story, but there are beats and cutscenes and characters that still stick with me. That, you know, maybe I won't lose as much of the effect as I think, you know? Okay. That's good. Because, yeah, I have that same problem. Except, well, that's what I kind of did the exact same thing with Tsushima. And that's why, as we talked about last week, I'm like, yes, make a movie. I'm fine with it. I want to know how the game ends because I don't know if I'm ever going to go back and play it. (laughs) Assuming the movie actually follows the game. Please, don't. (laughs) That would be the biggest bamboozle of all time. (laughs) Me going into it like, yeah, I'm going to find out how it, wait, what? No. Why did it end halfway through the game? No. (laughs) Yeah. But then that clashes with also me just wanting to watch more movies in general. So, just like, I, I want video games to be my thing because I want to like video games and not stop playing video games, but they just take so much time. Yeah. Now replace video games but with anime, and then we're the same. Yeah, I mean, anime generally takes up less time than a video game, but the way you watch anime. <laughs> like a fucking madman. Which, uh, I'm going to use this as my one moment in time to call out Funimation. Fix your goddamn apps, you pieces of shit. I can't watch a single new show on my Apple TV's Funimation app. I don't know why. I looked up on the subreddit to see if someone else had that issue. They did two months ago, what was posted about. And guess who decided to comment that they were that their maintenance team knew about it and was working on it? An official Funimation account. Well, guess what? If it takes you two goddamn months to fix an issue where just shit doesn't play, what the fuck are you doing? Okay, there we go. Ran <laughs> over. But, um, yeah, fix your shit, Funimation. This is fucking ridiculous. Yeah, the, the, that's why my hope is that with the, uh, the Sony acquisition of Crunchyroll, maybe they just kill Funimation and just let Crunchyroll have it. At least from a, like, a video streaming site, perspective like god damn it's i i it it blows my mind how i mean people bitch about crunchyroll's ui we god we've talked i feel like we've talked about this a bajillion times here before but like yeah crunchyrolls can have like a shitty ui sometimes with some of their updates but at least it works nine times out of ten funimation's like 50 percent, and it might even be lower than that yeah, Funimation's website looks like it was designed ten years ago. It's gotten better. I'll give it you. I'll say that. Like it was worse not that long ago, and now with the the thing that's interesting is with 
Crunchyroll getting their new beta site. I love the I love how the beta site work looks. Not work well and works. It's pretty much the same, but it looks a lot better. I think looks like a more modern video streaming site. Yeah, I haven't been able to get into the beta myself, but the screenshots I have seen do look a lot better. Uh, which oh, is hopeful yeah. that uh, Sony won't do the opposite and kill Crunchyroll. Yeah, they put the news section like two-thirds down the homepage where it belongs. Not like the first thing you see on an anime streaming site. News. What? Nobody cares about that. I want the show. I want the shows, baby. Have you, uh, to tangent back to movies, have you watched anything since we last spoke? Because I have. Uh, I think... Maybe the only thing since the last time we talked was I, I did sit down to watch Godzilla vs. Kong, but uh, otherwise, I've actually been watching more TV than anything else. Okay, because I still, I don't want to talk about that yet, because I still haven't seen it. I'm going to try and watch that sometime this week, but uh, last night, I watched Nomadland. Oh, okay. And um, all I'll say, because I know you'll, you will probably watch it, you, have not, you haven't seen it, right? Yeah, no, I have not. I, I've i probably said like three times on the podcast, I'm going to watch it tonight, and then I never do. All I'll say is, boy, I don't, I'm not looking forward to getting old and watching movies that are like Nomadland, that are made when I'm old, because fuck, man, it's going to just be a feels ride, because I reflect too much on like, damn, the kind of shit that this person had going on in their life, and it's a fucking movie. But it's like, damn, I I feel that I could I can put myself in those shoes and imagine a life like that, and that shit sucks, and it's also sad, and life sucks, and what's the meaning of it? I don't know. Ah, don't watch that movie while intoxicated, please. <laughs> uh, from what I hear, that movie like kind of has shades of the fallout of the two thousand eight financial crisis, right? Um. Ish. So it, it's like I, I the, all they do is I and I I had a I had a my brain doesn't work moment. There's two lines of text that come on the screen at the very beginning that tell you like the backstory of what happened to where she's from, and I was like, oh god, there's text. Uh, I can't read. <laughs> but the gist of it's like uh, the town they were in was basically it was around a factory. The factory closed, everyone left the town, and the zip code no longer exists. So, like, the town essentially just disappeared. And she stays for a long time, and then her husband dies, and then she's basically just traveling around like a nomad. That's, I was like, oh, is it actually like, yes, no, the the nomad part of nomad land is meant literally. But, um... It's it is interesting. It is a way of it's basically just an insight into that kind of way of life and that there are probably more people than you might think that live that kind of a life. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. So at least like, you know, we specifically don't have to worry about that kind of event happening to us necessarily just because of where we live currently. But yeah, uh, just the trajectory of the future. I feel like there's going to be so much worse shit. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, imagine Pandemic, the sequel, right? Oh, it's coming in plus or minus probably, like, ten years. If that might be generous. Shit, I don't know. It could be five. 
Yeah. So there, there's gonna be uh, the 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 movies are going to be different, and they will probably hit even worse for us in twenty, thirty years. Yeah. It's just, boy, it's it. It was good. Um, I find it interesting that uh, I cause I didn't Fran- didn't Francis McDormand win. Did I say her name right? Am I having another brain dead moment? No, you're fine. Okay. Uh, didn't she win the Golden Globe for act or best actress? I believe so. Yeah. I'm see now. I'm like okay. Well, now I have to see all the other uh best actress nominees because I mean she was good, but there was I didn't come away from the movie going oh yeah she's gonna win best actress. I I didn't really need to see her utilizing a shit bucket or. <laughs> floating nude down a river in the middle of a forest, both of which were really weird that I just, you know, I would have been okay not seeing those. But, um, I will be very interested to see if she somehow wins Best Actress. I doubt it since she won, what, in 2018 for Three Billboards? Except that, wait, that was, yeah, she won Best Actress for that. Uh, for some reason I thought it might have been supporting, but I don't think it was. Um, so, yeah, it was good. You should watch it. And that's one more knocked off my, my Oscar list. I think next for me on Best Picture is Sound of Metal. Hmm. Yeah, I, I, I've got a lot of things converging in my life currently that is preventing me from being able to sit down and watch something like that. Um, like, being able to sit down and play Zelda is a lot easier than finding the time to watch a whole two-hour-long movie. Um, and it does not help that I'm in the middle of packing, which also means uh, putting my TV and my sound system away, which is the way I prefer to enjoy movies. So, I hope I can get to it soon, and it, it's becoming more and more likely that I'm just going to end up watching it on my phone. Uh... Eat your heart out, Martin Scorsese. But that's just uh, the way it be out here for a mid-20-something cinephile. I I mean, watching Nomadland on your phone wouldn't be the end of the world. Like, there's nothing about it. It's like, oh, I gotta watch this in a big theater. It's not It's not Godzilla vs. Kong where I'm like, damn, wish I could see that in a theater. <laughs> I mean, at the very least, I would like to watch the movie on my nice computer monitor and my nice headphones instead of on my phone with one earbud in at work. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's that's fair. That is fair. Which is how I have been watching TV lately. Uh because just uh TV episodes are so much easier to digest than watching a movie. Uh and to that end, I I I've just rewatched like all of Atlanta over the last couple weeks. Yes. Which is easy because it's only two seasons. It's only a half hour show, and each season's only like ten episodes. It is only. I see. I thought it was more than two seasons. Did they not? Is that it? Is it? Is it just two seasons? Or are they gonna make more? They are currently filming season three. Okay. Okay. I but know it got, it got pushed back considerably because pandemic. Yeah, you were talking to me about that last week. I think before we were we were recording, or did we talk about that while we were recording last week? No idea. <laughs> but um I need to I need to finally finish it. I watched like half of season 1 and then just, you know, for no reason in particular didn't finish it. Yeah. It's a very good show. 
Um, on kind of the opposite end of the spectrum, last night I actually just almost watched all of the What We Do in the Shadows TV series. I think I think Jackson's watched that. I Which think. I I tried to watch initially, and I got like three episodes into season one, and I was not feeling it. It didn't have the same kind of vibes as the movie. But uh, now that I'm giving it another go and like letting it be its own thing, it's it's very enjoyable. Not a show that ever had uh, a strong appeal for me. It's just that uh, it looked like one of those quirky TV shows that I just don't watch in general, regardless of like it being it's it's, it's vampires, right? Yeah, yeah. R- regardless of it having a monster theme, I I just which I'm usually into, but I just I pass that one. <laughs> Ridiculous. Embrace your inner middle school girl. Get into vampires. I, dude, I love vampires. I just don't like watching the Western media of them. <laughs> well, I mean, the the movie isn't Western media technically. It's not. Well, I mean, because it was made by Taika, and he's, uh, I want to say, New Zealand. Okay, but he's Hollywood. Movie... That's Western media. But this was before he was Hollywood. Eh. I think. I don't actually yes, know. Yes, you don't even know. You don't even know. But it takes place in New Zealand. Get out of here. It it's... doesn't take place in Transylvania? No. <laughs> it's got Taika. It's got Jermaine Clement. It's a good movie. Watch the movie. Okay. When? <laughs> Who Be- has the time? Before you watch Sound of Metal. Look, it's like an hour and a half, super quick, gets in, gets out. Like, hey, kids, you like The Office? Here's Vampire Mockumentary. Ugh, you make, you make me do things, Chris. Oh, Chris, be, I, I just remember this. There is an anime this season that I think is right up your alley. I can't remember if it's on Crunchyroll or Funimation. It looks like it's on Funimation, so I'm just going to vamp. I think that's the word. While I try to look up the title of it because the title alone for you is a winner but you know Funimation's website doesn't load <laughs> so, so you said the same thing about Wonder Egg Priority last season and I, I definitely did not watch it either unfortunately. okay but the, the title Wonder Egg Priority isn't enough to sell you on the anime but when I say Pretty Boy Detective Club come on <laughs> come on <laughs> Pretty Boy Detective Club? What the fuck yeah. is that? I have not watched the first episode yet because it's on Funimation and I can't watch it on the app, so I have to watch it on my fucking phone. But um, it looks like Oron High School Host Club, but instead of a host club, they're a detective agency. What <laughs> the fuck? And, man, they're all femboys. Huh. Yeah, like, that, does, that does sound like my shit. I mean, you could tell me these are all females and I'd believe it. <laughs> God damn you anime. Wait, okay, I need to watch this first episode because this this is going to just be Oran High School Host Club, but detective. That's all it's going to be. Yeah, there, there are some actual shows that I do want to sit down and actually watch uh, from last season and this season. Um, I, I think there might actually be more specifically this season that I need to get into. Um, if only because 
uh, B-Stars will be hitting Netflix later. So mentally, I don't think about it as being part of last season. Uh, yeah. But then Megalobox season two is happening right now. Man, that first episode, hoo-hoo boy. And you know I love me some Megalobox. Talk about depression. <laughs> yeah, yeah actually, I, uh, uh, that, that was something that I, I've been talking about with some people recently in regards to the kind of media I prefer to consume is that it's it's so hard to find uh shows that really hit for me because the stuff I want to watch is deeply despairful. Yeah. Like I want a show that is crushingly depressing on a philosophical level. So um, that's the, that's your problem. You got to get into the cute girls doing cute things route and then you can watch just about anything. <laughs> no. Steinsgate ruined me because Steinsgate was too good for that, and I don't know that anything is going to achieve the highs that Steinsgate did. Um, but at this point, if I'm not bawling by the end of a show, I can't give it a ten out of ten. Well, I think that's pretty fair, but I don't know. See, I don't know if if you'd get there for Wonder Egg Priority, but Wonder Egg Priority is in the vein of those kinds of shows where it starts out, you're like, "Oh, this is nice," but it just hits on very mature themes uh and by the end of it you're like what the fuck am i watching (laughs) it's because the plot just keeps developing like even right before the end of the quote season and then the season ends and they're like oh yeah there's a special that's gonna wrap it up i'm like what the what the hell oh wow yeah so like after episode 12 it's not over and it's very clearly like yeah it's not over and they immediately announced a special and Freaking June, end of June, that'll like complete the story. But, ah, uh, you know, whatever. <laughs> God damn, there's so many shows. I know I touched on, I think, some of it last week. Or no, did I recap? I don't even remember what the hell we did last week. I think I recapped last week. Yeah, you did. But uh, there's so many goddamn shows again this season. It's insane. Except. Unlike last season where everything was spread out really nicely. So Thursday had a boatload, like five shows and every other day of the week had like two or three. So it was super easy to watch it all because we watch one or two shows a day. Um, Now they're all on the goddamn weekend and everything's on Saturday and Sunday. So I'm perpetually behind all the time. Well, but you could just watch throughout the week, couldn't you? Yeah, but I'm always behind. I don't like being behind. (laughs) I mean, you don't engage in the larger anime conversation anyway, so what's it matter? True. I think I'm getting a lot closer to um, just always being a season behind and then just binging the shows once they're all out. I, I think I'm getting closer to that because I, I think I, my burnout of watching m- the majority of the good seasonal shows is upon me, mostly because I'm just tired of watching so many shows. And half of them being just mid as fuck that I'm like, okay, I don't care. And to your point, I don't, I'm not in any like discussions about the season other than with like you who doesn't watch anything, Gunner who watches a couple shows, and then Casey who watches the meme shows. So, do you ever feel like you want to get on like the subreddit and engage? No, because I'm scared shitless of that shit. <laughs> I, I, as, as we have, uh, clearly demonstrated in this podcast, 
I'm a flip floppy little bitch. So, uh, I very well, except in anime, it seems like a lot of times in anime, when I have a strong opinion on something, oh boy, I have a strong opinion on it. Like, uh, Akira being a eh. <laughs> what? What the fuck did you just Akira. say? Akira. I said Akira. Akira being mid. Okay. Yeah, I just heard Akira being a eh. Like you're just yeah. fucking making sounds. Yeah. But I always have to throw that in there to trigger you. So, you know. <laughs> I've ascended though. Oh. You can you can have bad opinions. It doesn't affect me. <laughs> okay. Okay. Oh god, what now, Chris? We're we're right about my uh, over under estimation. <laughs> we gotta we gotta keep going. Well, I, I do wish that it was easier to fall into communities like that. Um, I, I've been yeah. part of a handful of different communities throughout the years. Um, and, and I am much like a good friendship. I can never tell you how it starts because you never seek it out. And it should be easier than ever to find a group of like-minded individuals to engage with on that level, right? Because it could be as simple as going to the subreddit and making some comments, but I would like something more in-depth, like joining a Discord and actually getting to know people and having that kind of conversation. But then it feels artificial to find, uh, yes, the anime Discord that that has like a hundred people and I'm going to inject myself into. There doesn't seem to be a good way to transition into that unless you already know somebody in the group, right? Yeah. And so, like, you know, it was it was more natural when... I was still playing Destiny 2, but none of my friends really were, so I went to the LFG and tried to find people to play with there, um, and I got very lucky that the very first LFG group I happened to find was part of a clan that I still talk to. Even though I don't play Destiny anymore, I still hang out and talk with those people all the time, and even the people that didn't play Destiny, I'm getting to know and I'm talking with. So, But that's not like... They weren't a Destiny community, it was just kind of a general group of people. So it's not exactly the same thing, but, you know, I kind of wish I could find a group like that easier where I could go to talk about movies and get recommendations for that kind of thing or have more in-depth conversations like I try to have on this podcast, right? Yeah. No, you make a really good point. It's just it because I feel very similar in that, you know, it's more easy than it's easier now than ever to this is going to be cliche as hell. It's easier now than ever to like communicate with people and yet i feel like it's almost harder than it's ever been to actually like get close to people and find people that are in the same mindset of you when it comes to discussing things especially when it comes on the discussion side of discussing things that it's it's a very interesting dynamic i think because especially with I think it just comes down to how the internet is, is most of the time anyone who's out there just spewing opinions is very confident in themselves. So if you have, even if it's just a critique, most people don't take critiques as critiques. It's like an attack. And so people get super defensive if you say anything that doesn't immediately confirm what they're saying. And, and I mean, this is also coming from someone who just doesn't go and type and anything like I'm in Twitch chats all the time. And I never, I never type in chat. I'm a, I'm a lurker to the core, but that's just kind of me. But so this is all me saying this from what I've seen, not 
experienced. I don't know if you've experienced anything different with, than that. No, I agree completely. Um, except I would be less nice about it. Uh, because the the people that I have known and interacted with on that level are basically shitheads. Oh, the ones who are actually like commenting about stuff. Yeah. Um, because <laughs> especially on a place like Reddit, um, and similarly even more so places like 4chan, it is the anonymity behind the comment that allows people to confidently say the things they want to. Because, you know, as I said in our Daft Punk episode, for instance, it's fun to have large emotions about things. But then when you don't have a name or a face associated with what you're saying, it's easy to inflame the passions and say things that are more exaggerated and outrageous than you would before because it's fun and you want to make a statement. Uh, But then there are people that still don't have that disconnect where you take it off of the online and even in a Discord chat, for instance, when you're voice chatting with other people, you still don't have that because you might have existed so much on the internet that that style becomes you and then you're just generally an unlikable person. Because I've known more than one person that does that where, like, I, I mean, this one's more of a joke, but all they do is play League of Legends, or they say lol in their conversation, or half of what they say is quoting memes. You're just hey, I, an unlikable person. I say lol sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> actually, I'm more I'm more privy to just going lol. <laughs> Wait, okay, actually, I don't actually know if I say lol. If I do, it's purely... Uh, satire and making fun of something being so stupid <laughs> but yeah i mean just it, it it is a danger that interacting with people on the internet can turn you into an unlikable shithead if you don't have people skills on your own to know when to rein back the things that put people off because you might find people that are just like you and then you're just in an echo chamber of your own shitty personality traits that you don't see a need to change. I, I'm ranting at this point. You're you're just explaining explaining why the United States is so fucked because uh, low key just take everything you said and then apply it to politics. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Q. <laughs> you son of a bitch. But I mean, but, uh, I, I I have disconnected from friends because they were like that, and I just didn't want to put up with it anymore. I I get it. I mean, it's like, to your point, it's so hard to just go online and find people that you can just have conversations like you, me, and James did when we were discussing anime. Like, to an, I mean, granted, we've known each other for years, so we can poke more fun at each other and we know we're just shit-talking. It's nothing, right. it's not personal. I would never like, talk like that to a perfect stranger. Oh, yeah, but, like, those kinds of the conversations is, like, what I love being able to do in anime, and I know you love to be able to do stuff like that, and f- more so with film. Um, and it, it does, you would think, given how connected you can be to literally anyone in the world, it would be easier to find people to have those kinds of conversations. Granted, as we just stated, you have to also get to know that person as a person first, not just their takes on things um but it's it's amazing this is oh god i just feel like a boomer like it's so hard (laughs) to make new friends (laughs) like 
it's it is definitely not something you have to work at it. Okay, I'm gonna stop. Okay, Jesus, I can't. No, I'm I'm too cheesy. Uh, cringe. Uh, kill me. Uh, I I think I think you're touching on something important though. Yeah, but I don't want to say it out loud. I feel like a uh, feel creepy. <laughs> not creepy. I feel weird. It's weird you, to say. You don't want to. You don't want to annoy the Zoomers listening to our podcast. Yeah, go fucking play Fortnite, you bitches. <laughs> Are they still playing Fortnite? Go make a TikTok. Jesus, all right. You're really, you're really loading up with the boomer thing now. <laughs> does, anyone, does anyone say go make a TikTok? Is a TikTok I, a thing? I have no idea. I, I just fucking did. <laughs> <laughs> are we gonna keep going? Or are we about to cut it? Because I don't know, man. We're getting, we're getting to corny real life shit. Every time you bring up fine. the meta of how long this is going to go, I want to keep it going. Fuck you. <laughs> Um. Oh well. One thing I have, I think we have to talk about because I'm actually very curious what you think on this. Completely switching it up here. What do you think of Sony making having a Last of Us remake? Like, what the hell? Yeah, I don't like it. Um, I, I, are they just remaking the Last Last of Us as a like new spin on the game, or like is it a is it are they gonna redo a visual upgrade? Yeah, I think I think we don't know. Oh my god! Um, but what? I I think there were also rumors that they're rebooting Uncharted as well. Um, what which the fuck? makes me afraid, and, and th- this is completely unfounded. I'm just throwing a scenario out there. It makes me afraid that we have had a golden age of Sony IPs, and now, as the pendulum swings back towards Microsoft, not only is Microsoft going to be a better business for consumers and they're going to have more better games coming out, but PlayStation is shooting themselves in the foot by ignoring things like backwards compatibility and potentially uh, just trying to milk the good franchises they have for all they can get instead of doing what they did for the entire PS4 generation and investing in new and exciting IPs. Yeah, I mean, that kind of goes hand in hand with the other thing I had on our newsreel right, right below that of is Sony's inability to embrace its older games as doing them as they're almost if the Last of Us thing is true they're almost going the Nintendo model except in a more egregious way I would say of just continuing to make stuff in the same IP and calling it the same thing but I I think it's int- I mean I I get it's I don't think I knew the full extent of that headline that they're closing the PS3 and PSP online stores I mean, so like you just can't buy games. I think is what it that will mean. You can't buy new stuff on them, which I kind of get to an extent since Xbox kind of did that with with uh, the Xbox 360 store. I think is closed or is closing, but you can get all those games on the current console, which I don't believe is the case for PlayStation. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see if, like you said. Sony gets fucked on that because I think they will. Yeah. Uh, to that point, one of my favorite topics that I I always love to go down a rabbit hole of, and I, I'd like to get into more, is the idea of obscure or lost media that is more in the public eye now that so much of what we consume is on the internet. Where like you you can't expect Sony to keep a console that is now two generations old 
uh, still running. You you can't expect them to keep those servers online forever because servers cost money. They need to focus resources on newer stuff because that's how a business works. But then you have to wonder, there could be a game that didn't have a physical release, that didn't get ported to the PS4, that only and exclusively existed on and for the PlayStation 3. And when they close that store, that game is gone forever, except for the people that got that game, right? Yeah, well, I mean, Nintendo literally just did that with their that Mario thing. Yeah. Remember? Yeah. But but you, got, you make a great point, because I know that would be the case for a lot of... Uh, the equivalent of uh, Xbox Live Arcade games now, or whatever that would be for PlayStation, because I think they had an equivalent. Like, that would be the case for those. But that's the interesting thing is you look at Microsoft's approach and that any game that would be like that, Microsoft has been like, yeah, you can download it on whatever the current console is. The game still lives. You just can't buy it on a 360s live store. You have to, it's the incentive to upgrade, basically. But so, or Sony's basically just like, yeah, it's just gone. <laughs> yeah. Because they, their backwards compatibility is terrible. In comparison to Xbox and Microsoft's. And there are groups out there that are dedicated to the archiving of that media so it doesn't get lost forever. And, uh, you know, God help those groups trying to archive everything. Because it's just going to get harder the, <laughs> the longer it goes. Yeah. You ever think we'll get to a point where uh, physical media comes back? Um, I don't know about comes back, but I don't think it'll ever go away. And gaming? Yeah, I think so. I don't know. I think I think it's physical stuff's basically gone unless it's a Nintendo property. Well, I think it, it would take an amount of reinvention. Uh because much like vinyl records or video game guidebooks, the the thing that keeps it alive is the reinvention as a collector's item. Um, because uh, like, you know, with vinyl, for instance, there, there's, there's no real advantage to owning a vinyl record as opposed to a CD. Um, you know, not, not even talking about digital copies, but a CD specifically, a CD is shit, right? Like yeah. it's small. The case is shitty. It, it's got like a, a shitty printed cover art on the front of it and you put it in something and you forget about it. Uh, but with a record, there's like, I mean, it's bigger, so you can appreciate the art more. Uh, there might be an art book slipped inside the gatefold. Uh, you take it out, and the record itself could be an art piece and how it's colored or whatever art they choose for the uh, the center circle on the thing. It, it's got more production and presentation than a CD does. Um, and then the ritual of putting on the record is different than slotting your CD in your Walkman. Uh, and guidebooks did the same thing, where people stopped buying guidebooks because you could find any information you needed online. So now when you see a guidebook in the GameStop, now they're extra flashy. They're hardback. They have special materials inside. It might not just be a guidebook, but it's got interviews with developers and production people. So they, they find different ways to sell it to you. So we might lose out on what we know now as the $60 plastic case with a disc inside but we're never going to lose collector's editions right true but then you can have like you know the fucking mass effect collector's edition 
that doesn't even come with the goddamn game. <laughs> yeah, you you are right there. Because, uh, yeah, there are some that just comes with a download code. Uh, it's so... not even that. You don't get the game at all. Oh, oh, I see. It's $150, and you don't get any access. You have to buy the game separately. Well, I'm positive that that's going to be an exception, not a rule. I know, I know. But I have to call that out because that's fucking ridiculous. What the hell? I, I'm still pissed. Because I, I was going to buy it because I love the fact that you can get the helmet. That's like, bre- like it's like a authentic. If it was real, this is what the helmet would be or look like. Because I think you can wear it and breathe in it and not like, kill yourself. Awesome. Uh, but it doesn't come with the game, so I'm not buying it. Or and, even a download code. Like, what the hell? And this also kind of feeds into, uh, like, GameStop's potential reinvention as a company. Which, you know, not to get too deep in the, the GME stock conversation, but there are real changes occurring because of what went on there. Um, and and it, it's kind of an Ouroboro at this point, where... You know, there was talk of Michael Cohen joining the board uh, who came from Chewy and bringing people over from Chewy, who, like, is a popularly respected company that people have a lot of good faith in. So you bring people like that to what was considered a failing company like GameStop, uh, and then on top of the meme stock situation that actually got GameStop some money out of it that gives them a chance to reinvent along with changing their entire board of directors, GameStop as a company is reinventing themselves for a new world in gaming, which could come with a reinvention in the kinds of products that they sell, which would drive the market. Yeah, I I just checked, and I'm kind of shocked to see that GME's still in the one, it's, it's what, 150-something right now, and I'm like, wow. Oh yeah, it's still an ongoing it's, saga. It's still just hanging up there, huh? Yeah, it uh it did spike again to over 300 a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I remember seeing that happen again and went, oh my god, here we go again. And so I've seen some pictures of GameStop test locations that's showing off the way they're changing their stores. And, you know, GameStop is the go-to brick and mortar for getting video game stuff. And if they change the kinds of things they're interested in selling, then I don't think it's too far out of the conversation to expect the kinds of products that are made to change as well. Not to say that America is the only uh, country that games that matters, because GameStop isn't, like, a fully worldwide company, but they're, you know, they're nothing to scoff at. Yeah, I mean, like, expand to have some board games and just be, like, the go-to place for Pokemon cards and boom, profit. <laughs> that, that's all you really want. You just want a Pokemon card show. I just huh? want to be able to buy Pokemon cards again. I'm so sick of them just perpetually being out of stock like everywhere but yeah GameStop if you're listening I know you're not but if you are yeah Pokemon cards baby <laughs> okay well on the Pokemon note I think we'll we'll go ahead and wrap up now oh are you sure you don't want to you don't want to keep <laughs> <laughs> alright alright wise guy come up with no. a topic then drive, uh, drive conversation Hayden uh, go subscribe to Mr. Beast he might give you some money <laughs> alright what a ringing endorsement Okay, yeah. well, if you like what you heard here, uh, expect something better next week. Uh, <laughs> follow us on Twitter at Obsession underscore pod. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, give us a five star. If you're listening literally anywhere else, at least recommend us to a friend. And we will see you next week. Heck yeah, bye bye.